Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit. From bourbon to brand, however you found us, we're glad you're here as we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey. Joining us tonight, we have, as always, hopefully they're sober, Kenny and Ryan. <laughs> sober tonight, but still recovering from a, a an amazing weekend. Yes, I don't. I don't know if we should talk about this like so close. I don't know if I'll. I don't know. I'm. I'm still processing the, the, the entire weekend. It's an amazing experience. It was just traumatic on my body. My body was uh, like screaming, "Stop! Stop!" But my mind. What's R. Kelly? You know, my mind's telling me no. <laughs> telling me no. <laughs> but your body's telling you yes. <laughs> yes. But actually, my body was telling me no. My mind's telling me yes. So. <laughs> well, yeah, everything that we're going to be talking tonight, and even this intro, is talking about th- this past weekend. Uh, at the time of this recording, irrelevant. However, for us, this past weekend, we had Pursuit Palooza. So we'll do just do a quick, just do a quick overview again of what that was. And then we can kind of continue with the episode. Yeah, so this was originally anticipated and intended to be an appreciation weekend for a lot of the supporters of Bourbon Pursuit and the podcast. It was an idea that kind of really generated because my wife saw all the bottles that were sitting around in our basement and we would trip over them and everywhere we went and she goes, you're going to get a storage unit or you got to do something with these bottles. And I go, I got a better idea. How about I throw a big ass event and I just give away all my bourbon as much as possible. And so that started around six months worth of planning to try and create our first ever big event where we would invite around 100 people from around the country through our community to take place in a series of two days where we would go and do a bunch of different things and drink some bourbon at different places, do some different bourbon programming at, say, like Bardstown Bourbon Company. Uh, just to kind of recap exactly what we did, it we had uh, two charter buses, two 56-passenger charter buses that we had contracted out, uh, kind of top of the line. They had TVs and plugs and everything that you could go and get you charged up of while you were doing it. it Ace Ventura us- playing the entire time. Are you at Ace Ventura in yours? Oh, yeah. we didn't have that. <laughs> Dang. I need see. We need to keep that in memory or mind next time we do this. Yeah, we didn't have anything planned in ours. We just tried to turn on the radio. And I couldn't even get Bluetooth working. We just had to listen to FM like ninety-eight point one or something like that. But anyway, we started off by going to Churchill Downs for a few hours because there's a lot of people that come from out of town and they have never seen a horse track before. They've never bet on horses, and it was an opportunity for them to kind of cross that off their list. But at the same exact time, we spent some time teaching them how to lose money at horse betting as well. So if anybody had never done win, play, show, exactas, trifectas, we kind of just got them a a quick primer on how to do that. So we spent a few hours doing that. After there, we went to Gallant Fox Brewing, which is a place that's actually relatively close to my house. And we had a beer collaboration going on there. And we had two different beers. We had a uh, what was called a late night snack pursuit that was brewed with Oreo cookies. And we had another called the, uh, I think it was the tropical pursuit that was also with coconut and uh, Tahitian vanilla beans. And both of those were aged in the first batch of pursuit United barrels. 
And so it was an opportunity for us to just kind of try something a little different, have a beer outing. And then after that, we took the buses to Watch Hill Proper, which is this great new bar in Louisville, Kentucky. Shout out to Josh and Tommy, who are the proprietors and owners of Watch Hill Proper. They were able to kind of hook us up. And we had their first ever large scale event there bringing in around 120 people, not only just our group, but we had people from the industry there. People could do a little bit of a meet and greet with the folks you hear in the podcast all the time. But that night was really considered what we they call the uh, Pursuit Spirits Night, where Ryan and I dipped into our bunkers as far as we could and pulled out as many Pursuit Series bottles as possible, as long with uh, a bunch of Pursuit United and Pursuit United Rise, and people could taste through uh, the as much as we could find and as much as they could handle for the most part. Uh, then that night ended. The next day, we took the buses out to Bardstown Bourbon Company, where we did kind of a, like a rotation, if you will, of three different, I don't know, stations, breakouts, what you, whatever you'd call them. So we had the whole pergola area to ourselves where we had bocce ball and cornhole and kind of like a hangout cocktail, smoke a cigar in the patio. Another group would go and take a tour of Barstown Bourbon Company. And then another group would actually come with Ryan and I as we did a United breakdown where you got to taste all three components that go into United Bourbon at at cash strength. And then you get to taste the final product plus a preview of our rum, our Venezuelan rum that's been sitting in barrels for about a year and a half now. After that, we had a dinner at Harrison Smith House where it was another big bottle share where I provided a bunch of the Bourbon Pursuit barrel picks that we've been doing for the past five years now as a way to people code and just sample and drink. And after that, we all went back and, and that concluded Pursuit Palooza. So it was a wild two days of making sure that everything went off without a hitch and, and thankfully it did. Yeah, and you forgot to mention that we also did a barrel pick at Rust to kick off the week. We did a oh, Russell's yeah. barrel pick. We did, which we went through 20 barrels, I think, and selected four. And then we, the next day we did four roses where we obviously taste through all 10 recipes, selected two, mm-hmm. two barrels. And then to start Pursue Palooza, we, that morning we went to barrel and selected a bourbon and the whiskey private selection. So, uh, yeah, another was that my math eight is barrels. right? Eight barrels that we picked before this two All day event. Up to it. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're feeling good now. Yeah, I really tried to put the word Palooza and really emphasize that one. And it's just a kind of a wild time. It was not meant to be something that's a super educational weekend. It was meant to just be a, a fun appreciation weekend with uh, you know a bunch of partying and hanging out and kind of just getting to to know everybody. Yeah, next year I think you know when I think of Lollapalooza, I think next year you might need some branded uh, beach balls uh, or maybe (laughs) some branded sunglasses or definitely some glow sticks, sunglasses or something. Or sponsorship from Liquid IV. I think we (laughs) went through about uh, eight Costco bags, 10 Costco bag size of Liquid IVs on the bus. So That's true. We we crushed some Liquid IVs this weekend and that was one of the, the big things is like, drink water. Always be drinking water. Stay hydrated because there's going to be a lot of bourbon to drink this weekend. That's right. Where were the furthest people from who who showed up? Do you know? Uh, about as far as West Coast as you could get. We had- Portland, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, LA. C- you name it. Yeah. All those West Coast towns. Beach towns, I guess. That's awesome. Beach. I don't know. Yep. No internationals, but maybe we'll-, we'll Get some internationals next year. Who knows? So, so as you guys are probably hearing, you know, this is this was something that was focused towards 
bourbon pursuit. I was there at the event too. I was able to kind of capture some photos as we did some of the pursuit spirit side of things, specifically that first night where we had all the episode bottles out. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious, you know, what what does it mean for you all on either side? You know, either the two brands that that we're talking through here. What does it mean for you all to host an event like this for people who have supported you? You know, your your initial desire to do this was to celebrate those who have supported the channel. And then, you know, as you're developing your bourbon brand as well, what does it mean to you guys to be able to do this? And then also to know that, you know, a hundred or so people actually want, or more who weren't able to come were actually wanting to come be a part of this. But you want to go, Ryan, you go first. You always got oh. a good way with words here. <laughs> well, I, was, I just say it means everything. Um, you know, at that night, I was feeling pretty good, pretty emotional. And I look at Kenny and I was like, I'm going to give a speech. I just feeling a lot of gratitude. Like you said, you had people from the West Coast, Colorado, all over the country that spent, you know, a good chunk of money to come visit us and hang out with us. And they've been folks that have been supporting us from day one. And there's no where, no way we would be where we are without them. They have been a crucial part of our success and where we are today. And they're going to be a crucial part of our success moving forward. And so it was just very humbling to be honest, very, you know, I'm still like having imposter syndrome. Why do people want to come hang out with me and, you know, Kenny, but uh, just to hear the stories of people, you know, how we impact their days, their lives, how we make, you know, just a little bit of difference, you know, that a little break from, you know, our lives are chaotic. The world's a chaotic, but bourbon, you know, the podcast, the community that's been built around this, it just gives these people a connection and something that they can spend, enjoy their time, their free time with to kind of escape the world and have a, just something that, that uh, is more, it's bigger than just drinking bourbon. It's more about an experience and relationships and the community that we're building. Yeah. And, you know, from the bourbon pursuit side to echo just that, and even to even say what Ryan said at the very beginning, it's still kind of processing at this point. I haven't been able to put a lot of words to it. Even at this moment, as we're recording, I am still trying to work on writing a sort of a, a thank you note out there for, for anybody that, that came and, and to help also, you know, give some hope for next year. Cause I'd love to be able to do it next year as, as bourbon pursuit side of things. It was just great to get everybody together. It's great to be able to provide an outlet that we can see how our community came together. I saw and heard so many conversations. I think there was a one really great moment where somebody said, uh, yeah, I told my wife I was coming here. And, and she goes, you're going to drive five hours and you don't know anybody there? And he's like, yeah, it'll be great. This is going to meet all my internet friends. And it was just one of those cool things where we really see a community come together and and really hang out for an entire weekend and so shout out to everybody that that did spend a lot of their hard-earned money to come and stay with us and be able to take part in this inaugural event and i can't wait to start planning it again and and just keep iterating and, until we find a good groove with it and, and everything like that you know from the pursuit spirit side i thought this was a, a great way that we look at how can we start building more of that brand loyalty how do we start getting people uh, more introduced into what we're trying to do in building Pursuit Spirits. We, the Pursuit Spirits night was a great opportunity for people to taste all of the single barrels that we'd selected over the years, especially for the people that maybe be, what's the best way to say it? Uh, have this stigma towards Tennessee bourbon that they say, I'm never going to try that. And when, what, 
70% of the single barrels that we had out were all that Tennessee bourbon. And if damn near all of them didn't get uh, cashed and drank, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people uh, kind of started realizing, oh crap, there's, there's something here and these guys know how to pick some barrels. And not only that is, you know, everything that we've been doing from the craft side of the, the, the relationships building there and be able to bring those single barrels in and have people try those too. So they kind of get an idea of what's happening there. So people got that really cool opportunity just to go and taste and try them. And especially when we get into the the section, or sorry, I said the session, when we had the breakouts at Bardstown Bourbon Company and Ryan and I really got to tell the story of it. I told people already, if you listen to this particular podcast, you've heard the story of how United got built, but this was your true opportunity to taste all of the individual components and see what the the year's worth of research and development that went into building that product and what the outcome was. And you got to really highlight and we got to talk about things that we haven't talked about here about even the financial modeling about how do we choose different things because we know exactly what these prices are and we've got to figure out what's a blend that's going to work that can make make a, a competitive price point when we start getting into this as well. So we we really let in and shared even some more insider secrets that we've never even shared on here before with the people that help support us. And we always were very kind of blown away and humbled at the very end to be able to say, you know, this is a, an opportunity, hopefully for, for you to take this information, this knowledge back and help be our advocates out there and your parts of the country, because we all know that everybody clamors to go around and find Blanton's and Eagle Rare and whatever. And for the longest time, all of us that are really into whiskey, we know what it's like to say, ah, just go find this or try this. This is going to be something different. I would encourage you, please, if you liked us, go and say, you should try this United product. This is what it is. Here's the story. This is what it comes from. This is why it's different. This is not just another bottle of MGP on the shelf. This is something that's truly unique that isn't being replicated anywhere else. And I, I really hope that story resonated with people because that is our opportunity to help build that brand awareness and really help hopefully get some brand ambassadors as we start building this project as well. It was interesting, you know, that, that all those Tennessee barrels got cashed, but also, you know, that a lot of, you know, the craft whiskey, you know, that we picked a lot of our fans, you know, these are obviously our diehard fans. They did not, you know, they passed on them when they were... Uh, they had an opportunity to purchase them and this was the first time they had tried them, you know, something from Finger Lakes or Huber's or Woodenville. And they were like, you know, blown away by the, you know, the quality and how good the distillate was. And, you know, we made believers out of them, even though they were skeptical. And, and I couldn't tell you how many people came up and said, you know, we'd never really tried United bourbon or rye because we got hung up on the age and, you know, the price and this and that. And like, I'm almost embarrassed that we didn't try it. You know, they were such big fans of it, but they never had tried it before. And that was really interesting to me. And I, I, I was glad they came up and said that, you know, and, and I think once they tried it, they were, you know, blown away by the results, but it's just shows you, we still have a lot of work to do to break those barriers down to like, I guess, brand ambassadors, more support from people to, Kind of help break down those barriers for us. Yeah. What did, what were people's responses, Kenny? What you were talking about when when you all went through those sessions, the breakout sessions, and you all were doing the breakdown of trying the components for United. What did what did the people think about being able to isolate those flavors? Did you have anyone talk to you afterwards about being able to experience that? And if it if they could, oh, I I get how it makes the blend taste like that, or or I didn't know, you know, how you would work with the flavors in this way to create a brand. What were some of the responses? I think the the most unanimous decision or the most unanimous comment we got was, 
Can you just go ahead and bottle this Venezuelan rum now because it's damn <laughs> it's right. damn delicious. Everybody everybody was ready for us to start bottling the rum, but uh, that's that's yet to, that's a TBD conversation. We don't we don't know what that looks like. On on just the bourbon, yeah, I think it I think it's one of those things most people just get an education. They understand they 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 understand there's a blend. They understand something's go that goes on. But this was the first time that anybody got to try all three components together, or should I say, all three components individually, and saw what the end product looked like. And that really opens up. And I've done that before. I've been invited to Four Roses to go and sit there with Brent Elliott and a few other people in the media as he gives us the individual samples of what goes into the final release of Four Roses limited edition small batch. And for anything like that, you really get this eye-opening experience and this tremendous sensation of of just kind of like wonderment when you're looking at it and thinking, God, how did this all come together? Because after you start tasting them, it all you see the light bulbs go on. You start seeing, oh, okay, now I get why this has a little bit more oak influence. I get where this uh, this richness comes from. I get where this sweetness and this fruit characteristic comes from and how that all starts playing together. So really, I think for for myself, it was kind of as you're giving the, the presentation and you're telling people to kind of walk through and taste this, it's really just seeing those light bulbs go off. And, and I mean, heck, you're sitting there drinking barrel-proof whiskey, so you're having fun no matter what. But it really was an opportunity to kind of see those light bulbs go off and and how they can... Uh, start picturing how these components really start marrying together at the end of the day too. Like I said earlier, a lot of you know folks came up and were excited about the opportunity to taste the individual components. And I think a lot of them were impressed that you could marry all those individual components into what United had become. A lot of people, I think, said they had joined the community, you know, because they liked the the Discord or the community or this and that, but they were really there to buy, you know, our Russells or our Ferrosas picks and this and that uh, is really why, you know, they kind of, you know, joined our Patreon and this and that. And the Pursuit spirit side was kind of like, uh, you know, that's cute over there, but I'm here for the good bourbon. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm here for the Russells and the Four Roses. That's what we yeah. want. What was interesting was those folks, you know, coming up to us and saying, holy cow, you know, you guys should be proud of what you all have done. You know, th- this is, y'all have picked some great whiskey and put some great stuff together. And that was that was reassuring to me that okay, even like our some of our biggest fans haven't even tried it yet, but once they have, they're the, you know they're excited about it, and so that was a cool experience for me because you're as I told people throughout the conversation, you know, doing the presentation, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm very insecure about this whole project and want it to be perfect, and just to hear that positive feedback was uh, very nice. Plus, I for uh, for myself and probably for us, it's a it was a great learning experience. I honestly, I feel that we just learned what we have to deliver on every single time we do something like this. It's easy to go and talk about United and say, here, you should try this. And they'll try and go, okay, cool. But when you have an opportunity to try all the individual components and and taste them individually and then see what the final product is, I feel that that's probably the best way to show that what we're doing is unique. It's different. And, and that's really the angle where we can really show our different your differentiation into the marketplace and and what will hopefully resonate with customers long term so who knows maybe when we start going on the road and and doing this maybe we just start bringing all the components so they can taste them taste them individually and then they can taste the final product 
The only problem is we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot and they'll go, well, I just like this one over here. Just bottle this one. I don't, I don't like the end product, but I feel that, I feel that at the end of the day, we created something that's, that was a really cool experience. And from the early feedback that I've gotten so far on our survey to kind of figure out what did we do right? What can we do better? What went well? What did not? Over Unanimously, people are saying that's one of the, the, the better things that they experienced the entire weekend. I had the same exact thought because, you know, Bardstown gave us the a box of bourbon, you know, with all the samples we had remaining. And I was like, this would be cool to go to stores or host tasting events and walk people through you know, each component, I'm like, well, here we go being pain in the ass again. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, how hard can we make this? But that, that was some, you know, the good feedback too, is like people enjoyed that aspect of it because most time when you go to a tasting or a barrel pick or whatever, you're getting three or four samples of very similar. It's the exact same mash bill with very subtle nuances. Whereas this, you really got to kind of understand the individual components and then how they work together in the final product. So I liked the the course of the weekend that it wasn't just if we're talking about brand awareness, if we're talking about ways that brands have interacted with people before, it's normally through a dinner, through a tasting event, through a guided something, it's through personalized notes, it's there's just a lot of different ways we're seeing brands interacting with people. And this is the first time, to my knowledge, I can think of a, a huge shebang that kind of interweaves the, the brand with the people who support the brand. And it's, I'm not saying it wasn't orchestrated or it wasn't, it wasn't organized because it was, but it's not just at a dinner or I'm up on the stage and, and you all are in, in chairs. It was, it was moving. It was flowing. It was very interactive. People could stop you all. And it it kind of broke some of those barriers down. What do you guys think that it shows as a brand to the people who follow and support you that you all would put something put something like this on? That's kind of your you know, a way that you all decided to step out as a brand. I'm just glad that we did this. I mean, this was really our first venture into doing something at a very large scale. And putting our brand in front of it and making that sort of presence known on day one and day, and day two. And it was an opportunity for our closest allies and our closest supporters to be able to really get that inside view. And I feel that what we're able to do is, Brian, you had just talked about, you know, answering those questions. People could just raise their hand. And it just shows how overly transparent we are about everything we do, too. And hopefully we establish that trust and relationship early on because we're able to provide that information. It's not we're we're not hiding behind a a marketing label and some other you know sourced whiskey that we're just putting in a bottle. It's truly a story and a passion that we've been able to grow and and really create a a product that we're proud of and hopefully we can as I'd mentioned before and I'll keep harping on is like really turn those light bulbs on and people will become those brand ambassadors. They'll become stewards of ours and they'll help spread the message because that's honestly what we need. As much as we have the podcast to be our marketing arm and it has this be another mechanism where people can get to know more about the brand, we need people out there to help us break down that next barrier. How do we get into the everyday drinker 
how do we get into the people that are, you know, waiting in line for bottles that they have no idea what they want because there's a line, but they're they're waiting for them because they heard that they're good and they're allocated. But we need people out there to say, hey, there's all this other stuff here that you could probably get to try. And and I think that's the I think that's what every brand really wants. Every brand wants those people that are able to kind of be their cheerleaders. And and hopefully we can we can establish that. And this was really that that first iteration of making something like that happen. I think why I was so successful, obviously we had a, a tasting event and this, and you know, you can try our stuff, but I think people this, love free <laughs> bourbon anyway. Why would, they love why free they? bourbon, but we, we really wanted to focus on having a good time. And I, I, I think we really just wanted to meet everyone, you know, cause you talk to these people, you know, through a Patreon post or a discord or an Instagram comment, this or that. And uh, as much as you want more people to become, i thought the size was perfect. Like I feel bad. I, there was people I wanted to spend more time with to get to know and talk to, but sometimes you're just constrained by so much going on. Um, I think that's why I was so successful is that we were just mostly focused on the experience for them. And the bourbon was just kind of a, a side piece to the, to the whole weekend. And I, I think that's what we've been about the entire time with the podcast and with the brand, we've been organic, authentic, and really just focusing on what's best for our customers. It's, you know, that's, that's what, what we've uh, always really tried to uh, hang our hat on and what, what can we do for them to make it the best experience and best product out there for them. Did you all learn anything new about the brand? Aside from, I mean, I know, Kenny, I know you just mentioned is, is, you know, how, how do you keep going or, or, you know, what to, what to do for next time? You mentioned a couple of things like that, but was there anything else you all learned new about, about you all as a brand, about pursuit spirits, about bourbon pursuit, be it from something somebody said or or the way someone interacted with you. Did you all learn anything new about yourselves as a brand? Well, we learned how to tell our story on the fly. I can tell you that much because, <laughs> uh, you know, we went into it unscripted. That was, it was, well, A, we, we, we've told the story before, but we've never told it standing there and doing it through a guided tasting. We, we've never done that before. And so this was really a raw and organic sort of nature of, of how we were able to tell the story and and kind of just winged it. And that's usually what we do. And, and I think it went really well for, for doing that. So anytime there was a joke that wasn't rehearsed, that was just part of uh, our natural kind of banter back and forth. For the brand, I feel that we, what we learned is that we still have a long way to go. Uh, to be honest with you, there is a, a lot of education that still needs to happen. As much as us three know about the product, we know about the inside of it. We hustle every single week to try and uh, make all the components start fitting together for for bottling, sourcing, getting the next round of funding in to be able to put down products so we have something more to talk about in 2025, 2026, and, and so on. We, we kind of miss that idea that there's a whole ecosystem of people out there that maybe we're, are we talking into a, a, a bubble? Are we just speaking, you know, into space and nobody's listening? And so we, I, I feel that we just learned that there is a lot of opportunity for education and awareness that we still need to do. And I, I think what this has taught me is that I was wrong. And as much as I wanted to say, oh, we can do this digitally. We can do it because we got the podcast. We can do some Instagram posts. We can do this and do that. At the end of the day, it takes you to be face-to-face -face in front of somebody and really 
talk them through it and and really share that moment together because that as bad as it sounds like to hand sell a bottle it works it really does and i and i think one other thing as i learned is that next time we do this we better have bottles to sell at the gift shop because we didn't have anybody and we didn't have anything there. If we would have had bottles, I think we would have probably sold 150 of them if if we had them there at the gift shop. But that's just going to be something that we'll have to take as a, as a learning lesson going through this that we can help uh, help boost sales and help boost marketing because it really does help to have that, that one-to-one, that face-to-face and that hand-selling motion. Kenny nailed it. We got a, a lot of work to do, probably relied too heavily think on the podcast i think and our place in the bourbon media world and you know we thought hey if people just love listening to us then they're going to try our stuff and you know i was proven that that was not the case and you know it takes just having a, a connection with someone and having a conversation and that's what it's you know it's what's bourbon's always been about but we need to just you know try to leverage that moving forward is really make connection with people, connect them to the brand, be even more transparent about what's going on. People found it fascinating, you know, the finance side, <laughs> like, you know, we would talk about briefly, then they come up and ask me like, really, you're spending this much per year, this and that. And, you know, I think people are really interested in the the inner workings of what we're doing and can't wrap their head around it because I can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I think it's just telling the story and continuing to, you know, share what we're going through I think, like Kenny said, we get bogged down in the, you know, the grind of trying to just make it all happen. We need to also spend some time kind of celebrating, but also sharing the, you know, in in person with people what's going on. So did you guys buy an Airstream after this? Are we, are we going to renovate an Airstream and take this thing on the road now? I don't want an Airstream, but I think a 32-foot RV with at least a queen-size bed and a bathroom, is it might be in our future. One of these days, Let's I think it might be. We need the, the Pursuit Mobile, the Pursuit Bus. But now I am going to plan my, my my wife and I were talking about, you know, our vacations, trying to plan them in cities we're in so I can pop in for, you know, like a pop-in hour-long tasting or something or just pop in and say hey to, to meet people and get some feedback and introduce them to what we got going on. And so, yeah, we're... It, we learned we learned a ton this weekend. It was awesome. We had a great time. It was fun, but it was a huge learning experience as well. I look at that and and just to echo what Ryan says, this was definitely a great learning experience because we do realize that we're going to have to hit the hit the pavement. We're going to have to get into some stores. We're going to have to do a not a palooza in multiple cities, but we'll do something like this. And, and hopefully, we can do it in you know major metro areas and in, in Denver and Atlanta in LA and Austin or Dallas, New York City, wherever we're going to be, because we know we have a great listener base around there. And if we could do something where it's a few hour event, kind of one of those things, it's an appreciation event, but we can also talk about Pursuit Spirits. We can really blend the two because uh, at the end of the day, that's that's kind of what it is. They they are loosely connected companies, uh, even though it's it's me and Ryan, I guess it's very connected, but it's, uh, you know, the <laughs> idea is that we want to make sure that, um, you know, one always benefits the other and, and hopefully we can continue that trajectory going forward. Yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like kind of, we've talked about before, whenever I see people interact with us on, on Instagram, on social, a lot of times I'll see them tag bourbon pursuit, not necessarily pursuit spirits. It's just an interesting observation that, that seems to coincide with this too. And, and something I think that could be 
really interesting to to continue to see the brand grow, brand recognition grow of the base products as as we continue to go, as things start to scale up a little bit. I'd really be curious to see what a year two for, for something like this um, could look like. Were there any surprise stories from the event uh, that, that came up either, you know, people or people in the industry or guests that, that came, any kind of interesting stories, whether it's how they came to find out about the brand or I don't know, anything, I'll leave it open. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people that, you know, were in the, that are in the industry, you know, came up to me and were just blown away that 115 people came from all over to see us, like Bernie Lubbers, Peggy No Stevens, uh, Dan Calloway, you know, people that are like titans in this industry were just like, wow, you know, brands spend millions of dollars to get the, you know, people to do this and you all have done it right. organically and this and that. And so that was, you know, just really cool just to show how, how special the community that's been built around this has been. And, uh, yeah, that, that there, there's a lot of crazy stories that happen, but that, that should probably not be told. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I think honestly, one of my, my big takeaways is how inclusive everybody was too. It didn't feel clicky. It didn't feel like, Oh, we're the discord group. Oh, we're this bourbon society. Like we're just going to go and go our own separate ways there was a, a mix and meld of, of everybody. It seemed everybody wanted to talk to everybody. And I, I as much as I want it, it, honestly, it just goes back to the community. It, it goes back into how great people have kind of come together. It was just the right blend of personalities. Uh, there was no, you know, pretentious people. I didn't really find any people that were, you know, being rude or, or you know, insincere to anybody else. There was nobody that was, you know, hoarding bottles or anything like that. You just had this very good community feel to it. And for me, that was kind of the, the biggest takeaway, one of the great takeaways from it. You know, there it's not really an interesting story or a weird story or anything that was kind of surprising. It was just something that was, you know, a, a revelation kind of moment that I was able to see some of the comments that people said, how they came not knowing anybody and left going, oh, I need to join the Discord or I need to, you know, get even more involved with with what's going on because I had such a great time at something like this. And that's just one of those those kind of feel-good moments that you can take away from it. Yeah, it was cool because, you know, we had all the episodes and whatnot and people would be like, what's your favorite one or what's your must-have? And I'm like, I don't know, I said like 10 different ones because they kept running out. But but episode one, that was the first time I had drank in like two years because I'd either A, given most of ours away to try to help promote it or sold them all. Um, and so I'm down to one bottle and, you know, and I talked to people how special it was for us because it was a dream come true. And, uh, you know, and I had like three or four people give me their phone numbers, say, hey, I got a bottle of episode one. I'd love to give to you. I'm like, you're not giving it to me. I'll pay for it or, you know, I'll send you something for it. But it, it just, I, I, I'm still processing and blown away with gratitude how awesome our community was. Just, you know, everybody was so gracious and nice. Like Kitty said, there was no drama. There was no like rude people. It was just a, just a grand, great, good old time. And, but, 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 but damn it, you know, whiskey geeks, they're still like, you know, you think, you would think like whiskey geeks can rise above like, you know, even just like the brands that everybody else wants to chase after, but they're the same damn people. Like, <laughs> like at these bottle at the, you know, on the, 
the first night, I won't say what, what they went after, but it's like... Oh, you mean episode 17, how that got drained right away? Yeah. And then the second night, the same exact, you know, it was like, it was just funny um, how they just go towards the name and not what's, you know, I don't know. It's it's funny. That's, yeah. Will it Four Roses and Wild Turkey? They never stood a <laughs> chance, did they? <clears throat> nope. They were gone. No time. Guys, try this Taconic pick. <laughs> which was there and it's fantastic but yeah it's i mean it's yeah you're right as, as much as we love to say rise above it we're all guilty of it as well if i were to go to a party and there was a bunch of purple tops and I'd be like yeah sure i gotta i gotta try these i know so kind of last question i have i guess is with the pursuit night and we're digging through episode bottles you know to, to open and share and with the, and with the the big bottle share like you had last time too is this, and I guess reflecting on, on this or what you might think of for another year, I know a couple of weeks back when we were recording, you're like, hold on, hold on with the with the inaugural thing. You know, we we don't know that we're going to see this continue. Do you think it's doable? You think it's doable to do again? We could do it again. It would just have to be structured a little bit differently because we gave away pretty much all we had in reserves for our inventory. And so the the next time you're going to see a bunch of those types of episodes on a wall, it will be when we own a warehouse and we're going to have somewhere to be able to display them or be able to kind of share them at some point, but not in a in a sort of free for all type of <laughs> event or anything like that, because we we definitely depleted the reserves. We'll just have to figure out how we structure it differently, or maybe we do something like everybody kind of we'll have different barrel samples out and everybody gets to try them and everybody selects their own or you know you you kind of put a tally on maybe one of three or four barrels and then maybe that is becomes a group pursuit series that we all bottle as a single episode or single barrel or something like that we'll just figure out how we structure it differently what if everyone has a sample of their own different single barrel and they have to go around the room to different people taste each other's thing and figure out how to combine for the best blend. Come on now. That sounds like a fun activity. I don't, I don't know if I, does that sound like uh, it sounds like a back in the fraternity days used to have these, uh, these mixers. It's an icebreaker said, game. Well, yeah, what you would do is you would cut up a deck of 52 different cards and you would cut them in half. And so you have one half and one hat and one half and another hat. And so, you had the guys got one hat, the girls got another hat, and so you had to go and run around and find your your card match, and that was like your partner for the night. So maybe it's something like that. Or we like, we could do like either a we let let people try the single barrels that you know were are going to be bottled this year. We hang hang back for the that, or we allow them to taste through all our single barrels that will be available for next year, and they get to pick one out of those out of like however many ten twelve. 20 if i don't i don't know what we have whatever it is at the time <laughs> whatever yep. whatever we have available yeah i don't know it'll be i know that's it does stink that that was a one and probably a one and only time that we'll have as many episodes as we did then for everybody to try because yeah i'm looking i, I depleted quite a bit yeah so did you so did you <laughs> yep there's about 20 bottles a piece we both got rid of that we'll never see again but i think there were about I think 10 bottles that were cracked open that weren't finished all the way. So they will be on the menu at Watch Hill proper. So I'll be able to have a little bit of a menu expansion over there. Well, I'll look forward to whatever it is that we come up with for 
the next year. And I'll be really curious to see if we get some time on the road and can continue to interact with people in the markets, especially as we know that we're going to be going into the next wave of bottling. We know that we're going to be getting products cased and we're going to be getting products out again. So look forward to continue to see how people can receive the United products and their markets. And if we can continue to grow this brand, the excitement behind it, any last remarks from you guys or, or thank yous to give out to people just as we close up tonight, just the, the amount of gratitude and appreciation we have for our community and not only just our community, I, I can't, I couldn't believe how many spouses and like family members came. Like I felt sorry for uh, some spouses. I'm like, you know, you're, you're, you're a saint, but, uh, not just for coming and hanging out with us idiots, but, um, no, I'm just, it was very cool. And there was some, you know, memorable moments for even people, you know, there were five brothers, I think that they hadn't spent that much time together in three years, you know, because of COVID and whatnot. And they got to have this weekend together and a whole uh, family, you know, spent, came together. It was, uh, it was just a really memorable weekend that I will never forget. And I will always be grateful for. And I'm, I'm just excited for next year. I'm ready for see what Kenny's got up his sleeve uh, for 23. I'm sure he's got the wheels turning. Yeah. 364 more days till next <laughs> Superlooza. Start training right. now. Uh, no, you're right. It's, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a really warming experience. It's something that I was just super excited that, that went off really well. And I'm honestly just glad that we're able to meet and exceed some expectations, especially when we sold out 100 tickets in 15 minutes you know, back in January for an event that was six months away that nobody had any idea. It could have been like fire Festival and we just like bologna <laughs> sandwiches. But, you know, I think we, we really, we really exceeded some expectations and, and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you guys for your time tonight. Everyone who came out, thank you so much. It was an incredible weekend, both nights. And I look forward to doing this again with all of you all. A reminder, if you guys have other questions that you have for the guys, maybe if you came to Palooza and things you didn't get a chance to ask, if you have topics for upcoming episodes that spin off of this idea or just something completely different that maybe you didn't get a chance to ask the guys but got your gears turning from the event or questions you haven't heard us talk about on episodes already, shoot us an email, podcastpursuitspirits.com, and maybe we'll dive into some of those topics on upcoming episodes. Until next time, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all later. 